a.k.a. responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. And who boy, is that ever going to be true this week? We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics, underscored, and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Episode 79, and here's what we got on our minds. Well, not really our minds. They're, they're more like charred wood, like from a campfire that you went to bed and kind of let it go in, and it just kind of burned out on its own. Somebody pissed on it. Uh, air came by and pissed on it. <laughs> because who is not just emotionally spent after the last God, four years, I might as well say, especially the last week. And it ain't over yet. No. Yeah, we're recording this. It is 7.27 in the p.m. on Thursday. So we are two days after the election and still no definitive results in, although we do have a pretty good idea of where we're headed. Well, that's because we're counting all the illegal votes right now. So, well, yeah. we're stuffing ballots, basically. Right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get the, uh, <laughs> get the drinks out of the way. I'll go first. I opened up a bottle of Rodney Strong, one of my, one of my favorites. This is their Cabernet, and it has a very, very oaky flavor to it. Love it. I like Can't recommend oak. it enough. So I'm drinking. I just popped this bottle. I got it a couple of weeks ago, and I just couldn't wait anymore. So I thought tonight was a night. It's a Monday night brewing, which we give a lot of business to these guys. It's a breakfast anti-meridium beer. It's a maple bourbon barrel imperial brown ale with coffee and vanilla. And it rates in at 13.5 ABV. So I'll just be having this one bottle. Yeah. And that'll probably do me. And Jerry, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Pepsi One. What? <laughs> what? What? I told myself I'm not going to have a drink until there's an answer either way. Oh, jeez. I'm either going to have it in celebration or in despair. Yeah. And there have been times when I have regretted that decision, but overall, I've been good with it. Well, then you're going to be on the ball tonight, then. Yeah. Well, we we shall see. <laughs> I, I do feel like charred wood. I don't know. Jerry may be one of those guys that, you know, they drive better after they've had a few drinks. Jerry may pod better after he's had a few drinks. We, we will find well, out. We will know. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we Maybe we'll slip a out. little rum in there. No. You know oh. what? I did not. I did not. Uh, I told somebody at work that today. And I also added that I did not expect this to be like a Lenten level sacrifice. And, you know, I'm hoping by this weekend, if not sooner, by the time this pod drops, I hope I will have been able to have my celebratory drink. You got me a little interested in this. So are you talking about the election is finalized or let's say tomorrow they call the election, let's just say for Biden? Drinking up. 
Yep. And, and then Trump decides to oh. start taking it to the courts. And are you waiting till all that's adjudicated? Oh, no. Or, no, 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 no. Uh, this uh, is this is old school. Back in that that simpler time when the race was called, the race was pretty much over. There yes. were some seemingly perfunctory things that had to happen. Electoral college stuff happens. You know, stuff that you just. You know, those lovely norms that you took yeah, for they, granted. They, the election doesn't actually take place until the Electoral College meets and then they, the, the state's electors give their votes. Which right. Is, yeah, but usually yeah, the night is called. The, uh, the losing side will congratulate the other and wish them well and all that. And, you know, it's a, it's a smooth transition. To yeah, politics. congratulate them on a well-fought campaign. Right. Blah, blah, blah. No hard feelings. Even if they're seething about it, yeah. the election was over. I don't think that is the case, and it would turn out to be a Lenten-level sacrifice if we're waiting for that, and I am definitely yes. not signed up for that. No, because no. there may be you know, need for a lot of alcohol through this whole process. Uh, and that, that is, honestly, that's kind of where, where I wanted to start, because everybody, and I, and, I, and I mean everybody, is so completely wound, I don't even think people realize it. I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah, because this week has really wound me when Tuesday night threw out the window, you know, what everybody was saying, that there's going to be a red wave on election night, and then don't sweat it, don't worry. Then, you know, the blue wave, when you start counting the mail-in ballots, that'll kind of shift things back. Did I listen to that? <laughs> yeah, did you listen to your own advice? Mm, or, or not did you so panic? well. Not so well. I mean, you know, because it, what's hard about that is from 2016, you know, that and thinking it's going to be deja vu all over again. That, yeah. you know, we go into this with a positive thing. And it's like this could go off the rails. Oh, shit. It is going off the yeah, rails. E yeah. Even knowing all that and going into yep. it and, and knowing ahead of time that Michigan couldn't start counting the, the absentee votes until, you know, after the polls had closed. And we knew all this right. stuff going in. But still, Wednesday morning was not a good feeling. No. Okay. No. Wednesday morning? Yeah. If you watched, you didn't have a good feeling from about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Did you just ease on into your anxiety? No. I, a lot of it on Tuesday was 3% of precincts are reporting and somebody's up by 80% or something. It, you know, the, the numbers were so far skewed. It started to get a little more clearer Tuesday night. But Wednesday morning, it did not look good. Looked worse Wednesday morning, at least the, I, the way I remembered it, it. It looked worse Wednesday morning than it did when I went to bed Tuesday night. I think part of it too was Florida was one of the first ones I think that reported in. A, a, you know, it's all foggy now. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of led to believe by the polls, basically. Fuck polls, too. Yeah, they totally shit the bed again on this one. Yeah, because it sounded like it was going to be tight, that actually Biden had a chance, which is why he was going down there. So the polls were went... saying Biden was 11 points up in Wisconsin. And it's, yeah. what, a point maybe? Do you guys listen to your own goddamn podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Apparently seriously. Not that close. Do, yeah. you, do you listen to your own podcast? How many times has somebody said, and I don't know which one of the three, the polls are bullshit, and don't pay attention to the polls. Why do people continually do this? Because we were sold a bill of goods that, well, this time, no, you know, we're, no. we've why? changed the... Charlie Brown, <laughs> why do you think you're going to kick the football? It's the same Lucy holding it every yeah. time. Absolutely. How do they swing and miss so bad again? 
You know what? They swung and missed bad on Florida, and they swung and missed bad on the Senate races. Yes. Yeah. Even if they were closer, what good does following the polls do for your mental state? Right. Does it make you vote any differently? Does it make you vote all the harder? I don't I don't know. Does it mean yeah, it's like I'm going to I'm going to take that electronic stylus eraser and I'm going to really punch that screen. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, sometimes you need hope. Yeah. And I think that brings out some voters that felt despondent from 2016. If you come out and say one candidate is up by 6 points or whatever, that may entice some of their supporters to not bother to vote because they think, oh, he's going to win whether I vote or not. It doesn't really matter. And in turn, it could also energize the opponents that's behind voters to come out more. And Oh, I definitely got to get out and vote because my guy's behind kind of a thing. I was going to ask you guys what you have been doing and at the risk of sounding like uh, Anna Marie Cox uh, with friends like these. What have you guys been doing for self-care? <laughs> But first, a word from our sponsor. Right, 42 of them. (laughs) But for real, as election day approached, there was just this creeping gnaw in my stomach that just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I got more nervous. I got more anxious. I wanted to tune out even harder. When you felt like that, did you tune out? Uh, Particularly on election day, I totally tuned out. Okay. I, I tuned out. I, I didn't. I didn't watch. I, I listened to music. I played FIFA. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Xbox, and yeah. I found me a new trash TV show that's going to be my recommendation later on in the in the episode. But it's got fifty one episodes in the second season alone, so I've I've been binging on it. Just anything to have anything but election coverage on the TV. Like on Wednesday, it was kind of interesting how the water cooler worked in a work from home hmm. COVID workplace oh, because yeah. I couldn't, I know who the people at my office are who are that more you talk to. in tune with me. <laughs> yeah. And you know who you can talk to and you know who you can't. Right. And yeah. I kind of know who I can talk to, but when you talk to them, you're talking to them on a company, on a company app. Yep. You know, you're talking to him. You're talking to talking to him on company property. So basically, you know, anything you say is like saying it in the middle of a conference room full of people. Mm-hmm. And I found myself on the phone more because I I didn't want to like, you know, spill my guts on the instant messaging app at yeah. work. And everybody that I talked to was was completely wound like a top. One person didn't get didn't go to bed till 2:30. Another one went to bed at like 1:30. They got up at 5. They were just like doom watching cable mm. news. Yeah. And Ke- that's that's what Kelly was doing. And uh, probably a lot of other people. Jeff, you were too, weren't you? Oh yeah. We went to bed probably around maybe 12, 1 o'clock, something like that. But, you know, not very much sleep at all, just tossing and turn it, and then I would get my phone, check in to see what the progress was. So, yeah, I, don't, I didn't get much sleep at all. I sat on the couch, I watched a little bit of a CNN, a little MSNBC, kind of clicked around trying to get some, I wasn't going to watch Fox, and then some regular broadcast channels, and then finally I said, I'm going to turn this off. I'm just going to turn it off, I'm just going to watch something else. And uh, I just clicked over to YouTube. I thought I'd just watch some mindless videos. 
And I'm going to tell you what I watched, and y'all, y'all are going to either laugh or, or, or chagrin or whatever. But and it was because who was on there more than 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 what it was. But as I was scrolling through, Joe Rogan was having a live episode, and Kyle Kuklinski was the I think I got the name right. Either that or that's the guy that was the Iceman, the axe pick murderer for the mob in New York. But uh, the guy I'm talking of has a YouTube channel. I'm looking for it now. I think it's Secular Talk is the name of it. And I like his stuff a lot. And I saw that he was on there and it was a live like results as they were coming in kind of a show. Uh, and he was saying a lot of things that, you know, that we talked about already and that we you know, we have heard before that, yeah, it was going to be a red wave and then there was going to be, you know, is there going to be the, the red mirage and then as the as the uh, mail-in votes and, and the early votes came in, then things the tide was going to change. But um, yeah, I ended up getting sucked into something else, uh, trying to get away from it and got sucked right back in again. I don't think any of this is, is good for our collective mental health. Oh, absolutely not. It hasn't stopped for some people in two plus days. I think it's complicated by the layers. In other words, we've been stressed for the full four years of his presidency because every day there's a, a new, you know, shit sewer that, that opens up. It's every um, hour. I mean, if, if, if he had one thing a day, the news cycle could cover it. Yeah. But it's so often it's by the time you get the facts about the latest shit show, there's a whole new shit show that everybody's got their eyes toned to. Yeah, and the, but then, then you layer on top of that the pandemic. And it's like, if we had a regular sane leader like a Biden, it's still going to be, it'd be tough enough through, through that. But, you know, anybody. so he, you know, Trump has made it worse with the anti-mask thing and opening up things, you know, our governor's done that kind of stuff too. So that's another layer added on there. Okay. I'll add a layer on top of that. What would you say if it turns out that dotards kind of surge in the GOP surge really was a rejection of COVID and COVID policies. What if his rallies and his not mask wearing was the surge that made the polls as bad as they were? So, yeah, so so wrong in so many places. I know there's a there's a huge sentiment in which it, I don't understand the mentality where people are they're over the pandemic, mm-hmm. like it's a, a K-pop band or something where you I'm just done with that. That's like so it's last something year. you can be that you can be exactly. tired of and not worry yeah. about anymore. Like I'm so on. I'm so done with that. It's like That's it's so like parachute pants or some shit. It's just like let's just move on, you know, as a society away from it. But we don't have that luxury. You know, it, it's, it'd be awful nice if that's how pandemics work. When you're fed up with it, you just, you're just no longer affected by it. But I, I, don't, I don't get your tie into the polls, though, with, with the... That is a growing sentiment with a lot of people that were on his side going to his rallies. And anybody who was undecided leading into this, if they leaned that way, they probably fell that way. Not everybody, obviously, takes it as seriously as us. Or yeah. definitely, you know, <laughs> definitely as serious as... Definitely as serious as you, Jeff, from not only a precautionary standpoint, but from a, you know, from a knowledge and information standpoint. I read that it was it was kind of couched as like, so what if the reason for the late surge or the narrowing of polls really is the fact that there is more people out there that agree with him about reopening and living their lives 
and being free and not being mentally locked down by COVID. Yeah. I think it's a good possibility. There's a lot of people out there that like that. And that this just needs to run its course kind of an attitude. Yeah. Just let it loose. Let it do what it needs to do. Get it over with so yeah. we can get back to work. Yeah, the herd mentality. If I get it, I get it. If I get it, I get it. And then, and if I'm lucky, I'll be asymptomatic and that'll be that. Because it's interesting. I did see a poll, <laughs> how accurate that is, <laughs> that one of, the, one of the biggest things, you know, that people was top of people's minds when they were going into the voting booth was the economy. There's two sides to that, too. Like, okay, if we do the right things, we mask and distance and all that. Yes, we can open businesses safely. We can open schools safely. But then there's the other side that says, screw it. You know, this thing is not as dangerous as people have let up. Let's just, you know, all bets are off. Let's just open, you know, let her let her rip. Yeah, but the people that back him don't blame this on him. They blame it on, on the COVID right. and the right. Chinese. Right. It's Chinese fault. Right. You know, yeah, he's doing the best he can. He's not, that, which very well may be true, but it's not the best. Well, and that's that's the other thing too that you know he was doing the uh, you know the the lie at his rallies that if you elect Biden, he's going to close everything down, and yeah. you know that could impact like Las Vegas is totally dependent on tourism, and so I can envision you know why Nevada is so close, even though don't they usually didn't they go to Clinton last time? I believe they did. Nevada. I'd have to look, but anyway, and, and they're leaning Biden now, but I mean, you know, so probably some of that resistance, though, to go all in for Biden was because, man, we we need to have our jobs. I don't know. I mean, so that may be a big part of it, Jerry. You might be right. How much of the stress and how much of the internal upset is because there was not at all a repudiation of dotardism. There was a doubling down on dotardism, if anything. Uh, one of the things that definitely makes me anxious is that it's it hasn't ended. And it's never going to end. And one way it could have ended was with a thorough trouncing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a ass kicking. And yeah. obviously that didn't happen. Close to half of America is okay with him and everything he represents. So in some ways nothing is going to change. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, because we, we get all excited in Georgia here that, you know, the race is tightening and it looks like, you know, we might be able to go for Biden with our electoral votes. But that it's this close that there's yeah. still half of the Georgians, half of our neighbors. Like if you throw a rock in Georgia and hit somebody, there's a 50 percent chance that they are Trumper. Oh, yeah. You know, in Cobb, West Cobb, I can't speak for your guys's. Well, I know you're, where you are, Don. There's probably a lot of Trump signs. But, oh, yeah. Um, there's quite a few of them down here. You'll see an occasional Biden sign, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but, Cobb, but Cobb's not even a good example because Cobb went for Biden. Yeah, okay. So let me say something to that. So and people think that, well, white people have seen the light. No, is we've had a shift in our demographics to where we have a lot more black and Hispanic voters that are now part of Cobb County. You know, that's that's shifted. So Trump picked up a lot of Hispanic votes, though. Not, I don't know necessarily in Cobb County, but. Right. I, I know in Florida, uh, especially well, South was, Florida. Well, and that was that of, was Cubans, former. Yeah. Uh, what, tend to right. be more well, more conservative. conservative because they, you know, the word socialist scares the hell out of them, turns them off because they equate that with communism. So that, you know, that's something that, that uh, I think Trump played up well down there. I'm not quite sure what the thing was in Texas. Yeah, because I thought they were saying that Texas was going to 
potentially turn blue too. But They're thinking Texas will be blue by 24 or 28. It just not quite there yet. It's not a shift necessarily. Yeah, it is to a certain extent in you know, younger voters and things like that. But as we talked about with Doug on the podcast, that's not a guarantee either that the youngsters coming up are automatically going to be progressives. You know, we kind of think in those terms, but that's not necessarily the case. I just had a horrible thought. Uh-oh. Let's just say Biden wins. That's not a horrible thought. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. 2024. Does Trump run again? I've heard rumors of that already, yeah. So does that mean we still have four years of Trump rallies? Oh, perfect segue. Okay. <laughs> perfect segue. Let me just set one on a T for you. Because I think the answer is yes. You think so? Yeah. The narcissist in him needs it. He needs the adulation. He needs the roar of the crowd. He wants the attention. I honestly think he will still do rallies even if he never runs again. Absolutely. If he if he's not in jail or anything like that, but if, if he's a free citizen of the United States, I see him continuing to do rallies. Oh, he'll he'll do Trump TV. Yeah. He'll have his own network. You no, know, he'll have his fan base and yeah, so he'll continue to do rallies and he'll talk shit. Well, the rules ramp. the rules are gonna be different though. He'll actually have to pay and he'll charge people. Oh yeah. There's definitely be going to be a change in the in the grift model. Oh, the and, and the ticket prices are going to be astronomical because he's got a four hundred twenty million dollar note coming due. He needs some liquid cash. Well, yeah, we'll see. But unfortunately, to you know how Don started this off, really the the worst is yet to come. And I didn't want to think that way because I hoped that on you know November third we could start to put this nightmare behind us. But I'm going to put my flag in the, in the ground on, on this thought, that the, the worst is yet to come, particularly in the next couple of weeks. Because, and I kind of am yeah. pissed at myself for not, think, for not really thinking about it clearly, but most of the signs are negative to him. And he's slipping in Pennsylvania. He lost Mich- Michigan. It doesn't look good in, in Nevada. Arizona, it doesn't look good. It's way too close in Georgia. And getting closer by the minute. Right. When has he ever, ever just given up? He's never said he's sorry. He has never, ever not doubled down. So why would we expect him to do any different now? And how he doubles down and what his toadies and his most devoted fans what are they going to do? That's the fear that I have. Yeah, I honestly think there will be clashes. Because, you know, everybody, you know, heard on election night, you know, like at two in the morning, how he did the rant thing from the White House about, you know, that he was winning. He won or whatever. Yeah, basically, we won this already. Well, and now then he just came out to again um, tonight, you know, Thursday night and did the same lies. Yeah, I was watching him before I came on. He was talking about in Georgia and it was down at, was it Phillips? Where they they had the water pipe burst? Yeah, State Farm Arena. And for what I understand, that was in the room that the ballots were in. None of the ballots got wet. Nothing was damaged. But the pipe burst actually in the room where where the ballots were. That's the way I heard it. To hear him talk, it was somewhere all the way on the other side of the building, had nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden, they just decided to stop counting votes for four hours. So trying trying to cast aspersions on that. 
the whole thing was just lie after lie. You know, he talked about Philadelphia, where they wouldn't allow his uh, observers in. Every county has their own observers, Republican and Democrat. And independent. And independent, yeah. Yep. Every step of the way, they have those yep. observers in there. So just because you want to have people with AR-15s in there doesn't mean you should be allowed to do that. Yeah, there was the guy out in was Arizona with the bullhorn. He was saying, we just want to be inside where we can watch. Right. What's so wrong with that? Well, you should have signed up to be a watcher months ago, dude. You right. know, you had yep. your chance. Yep. Just because you have a bullhorn doesn't mean you get to show up and do what you want. That's not the dangerous part. No, no. But yeah, no. so what I, what I was getting to was, so tonight, you know, his speech, we're saying this is all rigged. I won. You know, anything coming in now is illegal. The Democrats are out to rig the election. They're taking it away. It keeps referring to finding votes. They keep finding votes. Right. No, but I mean, not finding, but they're just counting the votes that they already them. have. Right. But his militant fans oh, yeah. are going to be out. They're going to be pissed that you Democrats are taking this away. Those guys aren't the problem. Who is? Look, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I don't want to underestimate their impact, but the using the courts and finding judges and having ballots thrown out, using governmental methods and a stacked court and tra- and finding somehow it's get this all the way to the Supreme Court. Which is why he put those people in there. That's been his whole plan since day one. He's going to burn down the furniture mm-hmm. in order to get there. He'd burn down the whole country if he could be king over the ashes. Absolutely. But don't you think... now? <laughs> I'm giving way too much credit to the Republicans. But wouldn't you think if they want to have any chance in the future on being a legitimate party? They don't get, no, no, no. they don't no. give a shit. Hmm. They don't care. Because when you say, as soon as you said legitimate, then right, right. forget knew, it. Yeah. yeah, I was laughing when I was saying yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, it, it shouldn't be, and I, I don't say like wrong, but to me it kind of requires a much more hardened sense of thinking or a hardened mindset the good old days where legitimacy really mattered they don't care Mm-mm. well he doesn't care and as long as the party moves with his whims they're going to do anything say anything in order to keep what they have and they don't care what kind of wreckage they create in order to do it that's the part that frightens me yeah, I mean, because we've seen examples of that with the Supreme Court where they turned things 180 from what they promised they would do to what they actually ended up doing. And we knew that would happen. But yeah, I mean, it just shows that they'll do anything to retain power, even if it's not direct power, if they have powers of the court. That'll tide them over for a while. They, they already are making appeals to state electors to go away from what their states have voted for. And there may not be a way to stop some of them. There may not be a way. So then what? If a state tried to do that, that would get tied up. And I think that would end up getting tied up into the courts as well, too. Because you're just, at that point, the legislature is just foregoing the will of the electorate. No law against it. Even if they they try it, it, it it is completely unprecedented in modern times and outrageous. And I'm afraid that when they do it, one of those network correspondents is gonna stand, all of them, they're gonna stand in their spot on the White House lawn and talk about this as a campaign tactic. Not a power grab. Yeah, not not a- Not a coup. Yeah, undemocratic, unprecedented, unbefitting the office of the presidency, mm-hmm. but just like, oh, you know, the president is, 
and his allies are filing lawsuits and alleging taking a different approach. Yeah, it's just a, just another political tactic. It normalizes it. Yeah. And I'm not sure we have the I'm not sure we have the the gumption collectively to stop it. That part keeps me up at night because yeah, he doesn't go he's not going to go quietly. Clearly. I mean, I, I think our only you know way to stopping it is with the voters. Somehow, that ship has sailed. If yeah, if you're relying on the inherent goodness of the American people to vote common good, but the election's over. So the vote common good part. This is not a diss on Doug or what he is doing, but what we hoped for didn't happen, and we're still back to this kind of fifty point five to forty nine point five split. Well, let me let me let me step back. We we don't know if what he did didn't work because if you know all they need to do is flip some of those votes. Yep. And this, you know, he went to all the battleground states. True. So True. that might, you know, there might have been some impact there. We don't. Really yeah, I'm sure he spent to... a lot of time in Wisconsin and Michigan. Well, he said he, he said he was going to spend the last week in Pennsylvania. Ground but zero. But the thing right is, right. it, it's it wasn't 65 to 35. No, we're still talking oh, yeah. about right, it. Right, right, right. You know, right. there's razor thin margins everywhere. Right. But the, I mean, vote, I... the vote part is over. The dangerous right. part is what they do between now. And the 20th of January, because you can't there's no vote that's going to stop a rogue state legislature Mm-mm. or even doing things that may violate state laws. Yeah. And unfortunately, the way he's packed the courts from the Supreme Court down, that's not a safety net. Nope, definitely not. Even that aside, I have a huge fear of if Trump has all, he's he'd be the lame duck. Hopefully that's going to be the case. But. You know, what's going to happen between the end of, well, whatever this is decided, middle of November to January 20th? What kind of damage, burn it all down kind of thing, is he going to accomplish during that time? I got a sneaking suspicion he's going to save himself and just get out. That is a capital H hope, baby. With the the attorney general in New York just licking his chops for him to be out of the White House so that he can file charges against him, he's just waiting. Trump has always, he always run the same game plan. And he's at the point now where he files bankruptcy. And he can't do that now. He, he's got no other option. And if, if he loses, as soon as he leaves the White House, the, the way they're making it out, the, the Attorney General of New York is ready to file charges against him as soon as he is a citizen again. Fine. Come get you know? me. Come, uh, come, come arrest my ass at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. That, that's what they have the marshal service for. He'll be in Moscow. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think a week or more before January 20th, he's just going to resign, put Pence in charge, get on that helicopter, and next time you're going to see him, he's going to be in Russia somewhere. Oh, my God. You are dreaming. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you, are, you, are, you are dreaming. <laughs> Is that wishful thinking on my part? Here's another uh, magical thought. Okay. Because he's the deal maker. Yeah. Art, art of the deal. Yeah. Right. Here's what he's going to do because he's the savvy businessman. He's going to come in and say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to resign. I'm going to go quietly. But for this, you are going to pardon me. Yeah. And you are going to free me. I, you know, all these charges are going to be dropped. I'm going to resign. Pence is going to take over. He's going to pardon me. You are not going to charge me. And we're going to be done. He can't do that because Pence can pardon him. He can give him a full presidential right. pardon, but that doesn't stop states right. from right. filing charges against right. him. That only but stops here, the but federal government. It, but here's, you know, pretty nice country. 
be a shame if something happened to it. They get on the phone to Cuomo and they tell him, same deal. Take one for the team. You don't think Cuomo would just tell him to go get fucked? Absolutely not. You don't think so? Nope. Cuomo's barely a Democrat. What would be the political blowback against Cuomo if he did something like that, though? Is this his first term or second term? I want to say it's his second, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. And and by the way, what are the what are the odds that the Democratic establishment's okay with it? What if it's not the Republicans that tell uh, Cuomo to do it, but the Democrats do? Oh God, for that's quote, even worse. I think after quote, four years, I don't good, see how they could do that. How, the, how they could even bring themselves to even fathom that. You're kidding me. No, no kind of like right? the Jerry Ford, you know, to bring the country back together, right. to heal, which is what Biden is kind of right. Okay, we, we, we need the to, whole we, thing we about to... Nixon was all it was all federal stuff that was hanging over him, and that's why Ford pardoned him. But it wasn't like the state of California or the state of Oregon or something was coming after Nixon for a bunch of shady shit that he did before he ever became president, and they no. that they found out about. Right, what's but the but... same? It's, it's the same thing though. Is we need to move move on. You know, let him let him play golf at Mar-a-Lago. So I, I, I can see that. He's going to go quietly and we're going to just sweep these last four years under the rug and we're not going to talk about it. He's going to be like the embarrassing relative, kind of Voldemort, where we don't speak his name. Well, then he's definitely not coming back in 24. I, don't, I, I doubt he'll be alive then. I don't see the Republican Party sticking with that cult of personality for four more years. They don't have a choice anymore. The the party is. But if become he's gone, Trump. they can try to reinvent themselves in the next four no, years. And it's too late. The base is already wanting that. Yeah, and, and by the way, arguably they're more popular. They are the most popular Republican Party of the last 25, 30 years. I mean, you look at the way that that Loeffler has run her campaign and, well, even Collins was to try to be as extremist as they can, knowing that that's what the voters want. That's what their base wants. So I think, you know, that that ship has already sailed. The Republican Party is this now. You know, now if some other party wants to rise up, reformulate themselves as a conservative option. That's the third fantasy is that the GOP implodes. (laughs) <laughs> and breaks into pieces, and then they split up into factions. And because they can't agree, then you know there's going to be democratic rule with these unruly Republicans that you know can't tie their own shoes. That's not happening either. Hey, can I tell you what the fourth theory is that I read this morning? Oh, please. It did not say Q. It did not say QAnon. It was never mentioned in this. But this is has to be where it came from. I was uh, doing a little social media scanning this morning. Somebody put a post up, a a political post, and there was uh, some people that were obviously pro-Biden. Some people were obviously pro-Trump. And one guy said some just beyond crazy level shit on there. So I was like, (laughs) let me go check out this guy's page and and see what's on there. There was a post on there about this is this is the new Q theory that's going around about the election and uh, that. The Department of Justice secretly printed all the ballots this year for all the states. And they have a secret non-radioactive isotope watermark on them. As one does. So that when the Democrats printed all the fake ballots so they could steal the election, after this is after all this ruse is done, they're going to expose the Democrats for their attempt at stealing the election by printing fake ballots and, and stuffing the ballot box, basically. 
in a normal world that we don't live in, yeah, that no longer that way. You're right. <laughs> that that would be like kind of bad science fiction. Yeah, but now there's going to be at least two members of the House of Representatives that believe that that come from that. Yeah, that thought. It was, and it wasn't just so much the craziness of the post, but the comments to that. And I know, I know, it had to be a Q post, be, uh, or a re- reference to Q, because there was a reference to some vague line about watch the water. Apparently, that's something that Q has said. Watch the water. Oh and they yeah, were thinking, yeah, that it's supposed is. to yeah. refer to this, but what it actually means is this water market they put on it. It was, it was, it was a little. Uh, I went down a little rabbit hole of crazy this morning, but you know, Jeez, was that on Facebook or where? Was yeah, that? I found it on Facebook. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, watch the water. What? Yeah, apparently that is has been one of Q's. Oh, for a long time. Do you remember things. when uh, there was a deal where Trump and Pence were sitting at a conference table? And Trump put his water on the floor and Pence followed suit. And they all gravitated. Ooh, it's the water. Oh, watch Follow, the water. Watch the water. Yeah. See? Yeah. So that's been around for a long time. So that was definitely Q. I figured it had to be. I mean, there's crazy and then there's too crazy. Yeah. And, and those places aren't going to evaporate once Biden's elected. That's what, you know, they kind of. They're going to have an enemy and they're going to have an enemy yes. in power. Which in, is... some, in some ways, it's better. It's better for them to be underdogs because they're not have inter- an enemy. They're not interested in actually governing, but they have somebody to fight against. They have a villain. And I worry that Biden and the Democratic establishment when he takes office, because I I assume he's gonna win. And I assume on the twentieth he'll be he'll be sworn in. That could be magical thinking on my part. It'll be a new White House because the old White House, Trump will still be there. But it'll be, the, you know, the, build a new one. You know, that's only, I mean, you only say that half in jest. But uh, it's, I worry that they're going to bend over backwards and attempt to be bipartisan. And everybody that liked Bernie and thought Biden was too much of a accommodator to the GOP is going to scream for four straight years, and it will just drive a giant knife in the heart of the Democratic Party. That part worries me. That's a little longer term than the immediate, he's going to burn down the furniture in order to stay in power. I don't see it getting any better. I want to. I really do. Well, I guess the part for me that I think will get better on the you know the mental framework for me is having somebody stable in the White House dealing with the world. Stateside politics is going to be screwed up for a long time. We all know that. But we need stability in the world. And at least we'll have our allies back on our side. You know, we'll be back part of the um, the World Health Organization. Paris Accords. Paris Accords. So at least we'll be back on the, you know, in the international stage. I believe I'll sleep better at night knowing that we don't have a crazy guy. And got the yeah. uh, his finger close to the... We're, we're no longer the laughing stock of the world. Well, or so in Moscow, yeah. and then that this is going to open. I, I understand that, but at least let me have a little bit of shut eye from one wing of the government. That should have been a Biden sign. You'll sleep better. Yeah. Obama was saying something about that <laughs> when he was going around. Yeah. And I will sleep better at night, at least with that part. There's still going to be a whole lot of crap to deal with. And that's the thing, too, is we haven't taken back the Senate. So it sounds like we might lose some seats in uh, the House. Did I hear that right? 
or we have? I haven't followed closely enough. Yeah, I think we still have the majority, but I think we lost a few seats. But anyway, our dream things of repealing the tax thing that Trump did, you have to have the Senate on board for that as well, correct? Yeah. So So we might get two more bites of the apple here in Georgia because there's already going to be one runoff. Looks like there could be two. Now, no, I mean, because... Yeah, Purdue, I think, has... He dropped down below 50. Below 50%. Right, but that, that's, fa- that's fantastic. What's not fantastic is two more months of nonstop ads. Nonstop yeah. ads. And nonstop. Uh, how many... Emails. Yeah. Uh, uh, emails. Oh, my God. How many how many things like we were getting four or five or more mailers a day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like and my email is like every them. almost every half an hour. Bing. Yeah, you could wallpaper your bing. bathroom with all the mailers we've been getting. It's good literally two more months to the day. Isn't the yeah. I think the election's January fifth. But Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It's so we're not gonna be able to get off the mental hamster wheel of the election here in Georgia. And the whole country is going to be paying attention. In some yep. ways, the whole world. Yep. So we're going to be on display. And there's going to be reporters and TV people parachuting in here. Oh, yeah. They're all going to go look for the dumbass New York Times profile where the guy, he didn't like Trump until his combine burned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to get Georgia Waffle House stories. and That was funny. I was just thinking how many daily shows are going to start with, yeah, let me get an order of Scattered and Smothered with uh, Two Over Easy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wilbur Ford was a Democrat his whole life, but he yeah. got turned off by President Obama. It's, it's going to be nonstop. Mm-hmm. So personally, I can't avoid it like I've been avoiding it this week. And I'm not sure, honestly, how I'm going to be able to handle it because I'm... I'm so entirely over it. But again, I mean, think of your stress level if Trump was called as the winner on Tuesday night, which is kind of like our worst nightmare. But that was the worst case scenario. Had that happened, I don't know what the hell I would be. Technically, it still could. Well, I I mean, stop it. it, it It still could. And and because it's that close, it may not be as difficult to steal. So that part is 11 on the anxiety scale. I think most people on our side and most people that I know are feeling it and are fe- are wound, are anxious, aren't sleeping, doom scrolling, doom yep. watching. Unfortunately, the one of the solutions for it is to just completely cut off and not be engaged I don't think that's good either. No. You know, I'm just going to go about my life and whatever he does, he does. It doesn't affect me. To me, that's pretty dangerous too. Yeah. That that sounds like an anti-masker. He's just going to go about my life, do what what I need to do. and worry about you. I'll worry about me. I still got my freedom. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that from a privileged perspective, but not everybody in this world has that option. Hey, I mean, feel free to to bring me off the ledge. I didn't I didn't intend for you guys to come join me on it. Well, you shouldn't have picked such a big ledge. <laughs> I, I got news for you. It's not. Take one there, step. First step's a doozy. Are there any branches we can grab on the way down? That's what I want to know. Oh, no, because the EPA has been gutted and there's no yeah. trees left. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Plus, somebody's been sweeping the floor, so there's there's no brush down there either. Yeah, 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 no, yeah the forest fire. You're, you're not going to fall <laughs> in a tree. You're going to fall on like a sharp, burnt stump and impale yourself on it, just like the charred wood between your ears. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to actively manage how much information I take in and how I deal with all of this craziness. I know if I dove into it, it just would not be good for my mental health. Yeah. And I've always been somebody who, you know, I was in the news business. So I, I loved it, paid attention to it. Were you this attentive during the Obama years? Because I know we weren't, Katie and I weren't. No. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like life was going on. Yeah, there were certain things you got pissed at. I remember when they were trying to put through the ACA, we wanted to have it to be, you know, to have the... Um, the option of... Um, oh, you mean the public option for like healthcare? Public option, public yeah. option, yeah. right, right, yeah. And then so we had to compromise because we needed votes from the other side and all that. But I don't remember anywhere near paying the daily attention to what... You know, no, like, like now. Def- def- right. definitely not. No, one thing that, that Trump was very successful in is he energized two political bases equally, his own and his oppositions. Dangerously. Yeah. I paid attention, like most of us kind of basking in the glow and happy that we had an adult in the White House and yeah. good things were happening. But the midterm elections were horrible. Yep. Then basically the GOP response to everything was obstruction. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. they yeah. double and tripled down. That's when the norms started falling like crazy. We didn't react to it. Because we wanted to still pretend that bipartisanship was a thing. And then McConnell held up all the federal judges. And then he, he screwed Merrick Garland. It became more of a war and a war that we weren't ready to fight because we thought it was unseemly and kind of un-American. And maybe we had this Pollyanna-ish kind of view that bipartisanship was the way to go. And they kept smacking us in the face. Right, yeah. We let them have this one, they'll come back. You know, yeah. it'll be all right. right. You got you to give a little to get a little, which usually it's how it would be good if it worked that way. Yeah, we, we right. thought we were banking credits, but we were just getting screwed. Well, yeah. just like on the Supreme Court thing is, okay, so they got that one. Certainly they'll let us have this one because we're so close to the election. Yeah, no. It's like, no, fuck you. So. Well, they flat out said that. They, they talked about even if Hillary won, they would just hold up all nominations. Absolutely. For the right. full four years. Put it on tape. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then they asked him, what would you do you know, in, in Trump's last year if, if a seat came available? We're going to fill it. Absolutely. They didn't try to beat around the bush. They didn't even try and talk around it. Just We're going to fill it. Yeah. yeah. Damn right we're going to fill it. And you know why? Because I can. Yeah. And you can't stop me. And if you don't like it, fuck off. Right. And by the way, I don't even I don't care if you like it or not. We're doing it. I'm not even going to worry about what you think. You can't stop me and you're not going to retaliate against me. It's basically a bully threatening you to do something. We don't pour a lot of money into a Senate race that flamed out spectacularly. I mean, how many times did you kind of dream that McConnell was going to lose? Oh, that, yeah. close. Well, but again, the polls were showing it kind of a tight race. And same thing with... Um... South Carolina, jeez, I'm drawing. Lindsey Lindsey Graham. Graham. We put some money over there, too. Jeff, Jeff, I can't stress this enough. The polls are (laughs) bullshit. That's not like an aspersion on pollsters. It really isn't. Because for the most part, a lot of them are 
good at what they do. They do provide useful information. But when you talk about the polls, it's because you saw it on TV or you saw it on social media or you saw it in a news context presented to you as news because they constantly talk about the polls. It gives them something to talk about because it's their favorite sport, politics. They get to be all savvy and who's winning, and who's losing, and strategy this, and the polls say this, and there's a margin of error. That's literally their weather vane. I mean, it shows them which way the wind's blowing. You have no idea if any of it's true. None of it. Because it's all based upon, what, interviews and talking to people? None of it is transparent. I wasn't a statistics major. I can't tell you how they did the polls, how accurate that is. We all try to turn into armchair political analysts talking about the polls. Like, we actually know what any of it means or any of it's true. But they talk about it so much, it seeps into your brain and you start to think that way. And you hear good news about the polls and it triggers that good news part of your brain like, hey, polls say we're winning. So we're winning and I feel good. The bad thing about polls is all the data is derived from people who are willing to give answers to pollsters or flat out just tell them the exact opposite. Well, and that's what, you know, Katie had a theory about that. And it's like, there might be something to that, that, you know, the people on the Trump side may be intentionally lying because they know that's going to skew the polls and that's going to drive the libtards nutty. Owning the libs. I know, too, when I get a, a phone call on my phone that I don't recognize. I don't answer. I'll, I'll let, yeah. And and nobody leaves a message to say, hey, this is such and such polling company. It's like, if they would do that, I would certainly call back and get my voice. But, it, you know, and so, yeah, my voice is not heard in those. I don't think I've ever participated in a, in a poll. And it's probably my fault because I just let it go to, you know, I, I don't answer it. If you did, you wouldn't if know I, which poll it was. You right. wouldn't know where your data was. Or, you, right, yeah. not, not legitimate or not. Right. There is, there's no, there's like, there's like no rules around polling. There's no, you know, there, there's, there's standards for this kind of stuff. You have no idea. And there's polls coming in from everywhere. But we talk about them like they're this monolithic, like the polls. And they're scientific and... Double blind, tested, right. and peer reviewed or something. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Wank motion. Right, but and, and by the way, if they want to do it for their campaigns, go ahead, do it. But it's not news. They are not facts. It is no. not actual, usable information. It should have no influence on anything that anyone thinks. That I went in and voted for Lucy McBath for my member of Congress should have I had no idea whether she was up or down did yeah. you know like why does anyone care what the quote polls think why let it rot your brain so did she win she did she won actually pretty handily handle i get it yeah, yeah. Kind of a- <laughs> i mean i think the polls may be a little more helpful in like the early in the campaigns when you're trying to figure out who the nominee from the party's going to, especially this year when there's 20 different candidates running. Didn't they use the poll data to figure who was going to make it to the debates and not because there uh, were so many of them? Uh, of course, because that makes that that was perfect programming because it made their polls 
that much more important to the process. And, it, and you said it right. It's it's their polls. It, it's Absolutely. like New York Times, Siena poll, or and we're going to combine all the polls and that'll to, make to it make more accurate. Determination. Yeah, it gives legitimacy to non-information. Yeah. All right. I promise I'm done talking about polls. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that's, let's that's talk about the... Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, the polling thing is interesting because, you know, we were burned badly in 2016 from the polls, maybe burned a little bit less so this time, Ooh. but still burned. Yeah. We say we're going to have the conversation, but we never really do. And in 24, we're going to put our hand right back on that stove again. We, we did it this time. We'll do it again next time. Ow, touch. Ow. Yeah, Ow. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not like in 2024, you know, Rasmussen's going to say, hey, you know, we blew it so bad the last two times. We're just going to sit this one out. We're closing yeah. up shop. Yeah. <laughs> Shutting the whole business down. We're opening apothecary. But, Jeff, when you say when you say you were burned, why were you? The only reason you were burned is because you believed them. Well, I mean, yeah, so you had that false sense of peace, I guess, you know, that, hey, you know, it sounds like people are ah. is, are smart now, that they've learned their lesson about Trump. There's a lot of people that kind of voted for him, gave him a chance. They're going to change their ways. You looked at polls like, an, like an anxiety blanket. Yes. Yep. Like the good news information coming from polls made you feel better and lowered your angst yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean yeah. i mean look I, I get it i mean it would swing the other way the poll information wasn't good it's just going to raise your agita so it kind of give some and get more back i can't fault them too much because after four years of the shit show that we, we've had any good news it, you, know, you can't blame somebody for kind of clinging on to it, oh, grabbing yeah. a hold. But you know what? That That's interesting, too, because there was good news. And if Biden wins, that's great news. But there is not the kind of rejoicing. Totally blame the polls for this because it raised expectations to a level that only a blowout and winning the Senate would make us happy. And the first right. story right. that came right. out right. on election night was Florida went south and and ugly, like bad for us. And that's what everybody was looking for on Tuesday. They were looking for Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, one of these states to, to tip in Biden's direction. Texas. And that would be just an early yeah, blow. That would be a Susan, good sign. Susan Collins was going to gonna lose. Lindsey yeah, Graham right. was going to lose. Right. We were going to retake the Senate. Texas mm -hmm. was going to go blue. And none of that happened. There, yeah, were, right. there are good things that happened, but none of that happened. Tommy and Tuberville was going to go back into coaching? Exactly. I mean, so part, part of you feels kind of used is like, so, you know, because we thought that it was a, a competitive race. That's why we tossed money their way. True. Had I known it wasn't going to be a close race at all, I might have used my money elsewhere. Yeah. True. You know, so, you know, so it's like fool me once kind of thing. They fooled us in 2016. And everybody was watching the polls just as tightly, if not more tightly, than they were in 2016. I said I was going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think polls are good for your mental news health. No. Especially only if you spell it, only if you spell it P O L E. But you know that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> What, what are you Awkward trying to say? silence. <laughs> yeah. Was, was that a, like a strip club reference or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's got a recommendation other than to avoid polls? Ay, ay, ay.
I got one. Like I mentioned earlier, I found a new trash show recently, <laughs> and it's been my kind of go-to when, when I get too much agita uh, over election stuff. Uh, we Everybody has a trash show, so you know, don't laugh at mine. But, um, I got one. Yep. It's, it's called Love After Lockup. It's both women and men who fall in love with inmates. They kind of pick up the story usually right before the inmate's about to get released. It's total trash TV. It's absolutely horrible, but I love it. <laughs> and like I said, it's, I don't know what happened. I'm going to have to look into it, but it, it, it literally had like six or seven episodes for the first season. It's got, I think, seven or eight episodes for the third season. The second season has 51 episodes in it. So I'm like just trudging my way through, through the second season right now. It sounds like it was produced by like a private prison company. I don't know. It's um, got Kim hooked on it too, and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. And they follow, apparently, they they follow some of these couples throughout all three seasons because they're constantly I- introducing new getting uh, getting nicked on probation violations and having to yeah, go back to yeah, prison and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, oh, really, really. I was kind of joking with that. <laughs> no, that sucks. Yeah. Well, it's like you know this this one girl. I I was one with this one girl was uh, she wanted to you know. Well, the guy got out. He had like an hour or maybe two hours from the time he was released to the prison that he needed to be at the halfway house and checked in or else his ass was going back to jail. And they weren't screw, screwing around. And she's picking up. She wants to go and eat. Let's stop and do some, do this. Let's get you some clothes. And he's like, I got to get my ass over here and get checked in. Or I'm going back to jail. You just, you're, you're just not hearing it. You're not understanding the, the gravity of the situation here. But yeah, it's it's... And... How many of these are actually, you know, treating these these people on the outside as as tricks just just for money to survive in prison? And I'm waiting for the one where I haven't seen one yet where the person goes to pick them up and they were released a week before that. And nobody knows where the hell they are. You know, one of those kind of deals. But I haven't haven't run it across. I'm sure there's going to be one, but I haven't seen one of those yet. Well, I so thought my recommendation was a downer. That sounds like a giant downer of a show. <laughs> Mine is a podcast, and it's the one from that I made fun of earlier in the show with friends like these. Oh, and yeah. the the title of the pod will say it all. Cable news is bad for America. Oh, oh, and I I'm and I'm waiting up. for the for the follow up that Facebook is bad for America. That actually Facebook is bad for the world. But yeah. I'll get I'll get off that soapbox. Cable news. Especially now, I think is bad. I don't want to see Steve Kornacki or Chuck Todd <laughs> on TV ever uh, did, again. Did you notice how um, what's that on MSNBC? Is that what he's on? Yeah, they have like a Kornacki cam. Have yeah. you seen that? So like when they go to break, they show him in this little box. It's like why? You know, he's not. It's, it's just bizarre. How big it's a coronary bizarre. would you have if you looked out your front window and Steve Kornacki's walking down your driveway? <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. A, I wouldn't have a, 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 a. I wouldn't. Kelly would. Oh yeah. Because because if Steve Kornacki's on, she's listening. We yeah. are we are totally yin and yang in that. Like I am avoiding MSNBC and cable news as much as I can, and she is just like heroin up. injecting it straight oh, into yeah. her brainstem. So, so what, what probably... you never hear is and here's Steve Kornacki with the good news of the week. Whenever you whenever he's on it's all it's always seems like it's 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 downer. It's always bad news. Ugh, and he's on 
constantly. Oh, <laughs> with his with his. There's a reason board. for that. Yeah. All right, Jeff, top that. <laughs> I can't top that. Junk TV. I, I am watching again. Shit's Creek. Have you guys seen that? That's not junk TV. That wins Emmys. Well, but I mean, it's like mindless, take your mind off of stuff. That's what I thought you meant by junk TV. It's that's like a that's a great show, though. Escapism, it, and it yeah. did. It just it just won a bunch of awards. That is the like, that is the most Jeff junk TV ever. Yeah, like Don's <laughs> TV is like you know life love beyond uh, beyond bars. Mine's below <laughs> deck. You know, hate watching people on luxury yachts, and Jeff's is like Emmy winning TV. 30-minute 30, 30 sim comms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they didn't ask me about voting for the Emmy, but I would have watched it anyway. That, that didn't sway me. Me and Kim started watching it after it won all the awards. I was a, I was familiar with the show. I, 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 I'd never seen an episode of it, but I knew that the show existed. Eugene Levy uh, and all that and, and, and Catherine O'Hare, who are all, they're always, whatever they do together is, is always Well, yeah, because they go way back to Second yeah. City like Second TV City in Canada and all that. But yeah. when it, when it, won awards and I heard that it, it had run it, it, the show had run its course it, it, it was done with its production and it was I think just six or seven seasons uh, that we started watching it and we're about halfway through it and and really enjoying it I when I first saw that Chris Elliott was on there the, the guy from it was decades ago when I first saw him was on Dave Letterman I used to hate oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is kind of like one of these sketchy... But he's actually good on this. I've, I've actually grown to appreciate him on this. But b- going into the show, I was not a Chris Elliott fan. I, oh. I was like, That was like a, a an almost turnoff for me I forgot the about the Letterman connection yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that goes way back. Yeah, he was on some other shows, too. It was kind of a creepy... He's always he played that like creepy... He did stupid Cabin Boy bo- uh, movie... Uh, I can't believe they even made that thing. But yeah, he he did that thing and 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 some other stuff. But yeah, he's really like I said, really really good in it. Yeah, well, all the characters really. I mean, it always yeah. takes a couple of episodes before you kind of connect with you know, the different character interactions and all that. But it was it's really well done. So it's, yeah. I, I'm yeah. gonna watch an episode or two of that tonight. I'll tell you that. Good. Find some go. trash TV because next time we record, it will be hell. It's gonna we're gonna be <laughs> so, on the other side. And no, yeah, either way. Thanks yeah. for listening to an hour plus of couch time as we try to work our heads through, <laughs> or at least personally speaking. And hopefully Great. when you hear this after Sunday morning when it comes out, we will, oh well, I say we'll that. We'll be able to talk about atheism things again. Yeah, and, and that and, and hopefully the, the election will be called for Biden at that point, but all that means is that the, the legal wranglings have started. So. Yeah, and I can have oh. a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There you and go. Speaking. Speaking of legal things, uh, I need to say this. Right. Please do us a, a quick, solid, and rate and review this podcast <laughs> if it's not five star worthy. Tell us, and tell us why, and we'll argue with you on Twitter at Godless Podcast, our private Facebook group. You know, the same kind that Facebook. Oh, we were just talking about Facebook. Yeah. So don't go there, <laughs> or drop us an email at GodlessHeathens at yahoo.com, which is just old fashioned email and tell us how you've been coping your coping yeah. drink or your coping yes. mechanism yep. and then feel free to send us some if you think it's really good and give us your trash show recommendations please uh, oh yeah we need another one soon i need more mindlessness <laughs> thanks for listening all right we'll see y'all in two weeks see you on the other side
my gun. He made me mad. The devil's bad. The devil is a bum, but the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend, and Godzilla is my friend. Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, Godzilla goes. Godzilla is my friend, and Shrinko was my friend, and Bridget was my friend. Someone in the party and the devil is my friend. And the devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend. And Godzilla is my friend. Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend. And Godzilla is my friend. W